So what is a covenant? The word covenant is an ancient Hebrew word originating from the Old Testament. And it's here the word first appears indicating it's a heavenly concept. It's God's idea. It's initiated by God as a means through which God can relate to humankind, humankind to God and humankind to each other. And that's one of the reasons God designed it as a means to relate to him, he to us and we to each other. Covenant is all about relationship. Relationship with God and with each other. Now the title Old or New Testament is actually Old or New Covenant. So the word testament was used to replace the word covenant by the translators of the original King James Version of the Bible to help clarify its meaning. So when the translators of the original King James Version of the Bible were translating the original Hebrew and Greek texts. Whenever they got to the word covenant, they didn't fully understand what it meant. So they called it testament. So it's actually old covenant, new covenant. Now, although testament is not inaccurate, covenant is the word used in the original text, and it's a stronger and more accurate rendition of the idea presented in the Hebrew and Greek scriptures. So the word covenant in the Hebrew literally means an agreement or relationship established upon the cutting of flesh and shedding of blood. The word used in the Hebrew is berith. berith. So the word for covenant in Hebrew is berith. It's spelled B-E-R-I-Y-T-H, which means in the sense of cutting, a compact or a because made by passing between pieces of flesh. And we actually see that in Genesis chapter 15, verse 17 to verse 18. This is exactly how God made a covenant with Abram. So it's Genesis chapter 15, verse 17 to verse 18. It states, And it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark, that behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. And in verse 18, it states, On the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram. So here we see the Lord is making a covenant with Abram. And it says that it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark, that behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. Those pieces of what? Those pieces of the covenant sacrificial animal. So what happened here is God told Abram to sacrifice an animal and to sacrifice it in covenant style. So covenant style was when a sacrificial animal was cut down the spine and the pieces of that animal fell one to the left and one to the right with a pool of blood underneath those pieces. Then the two people making the covenant with each other would walk through the pieces of that animal in a figure eight. And the figure eight represents what? It represents eternity, which meant it was a binding eternal covenant or agreement. Now, especially here in the case of God and Abram, God was making a binding eternal covenant or agreement with Abram. And this was how covenants were made in Old Testament times. In Old Testament times, especially when two Hebrew people wanted to make a covenant. 
they would sacrifice an animal in covenant style, which means they would cut it down the spine, and the pieces of that animal would fall one to the left and one to the right, and a pool of blood would be produced beneath the pieces of that animal. And the two people making the covenant would walk in a figure eight through the pieces and the blood of that animal. Then they would stop in the middle of those two pieces, practically ankle high in the blood of that animal, face each other, and recite to each other the curses of that covenant and the blessings of that covenant. And that was a binding eternal agreement that was usually only dissolved through death. And one of the things they would do is declare the curses of the covenant over each other. So they'd say things like, may you die like this animal if you betray me. May you end up like this animal if you betray this covenant or agreement. And you know, people of God, when they made covenants in Old Testament times, if one person betrayed their covenant partner, they had to die for it. It's like with God. When God created Adam and Eve, he actually made a covenant with them just by creating them. He was showing Adam and Eve and all humankind, I want to have a relationship with you just by creating us. That in itself was a covenant. A covenant God made not just with Adam and Eve, but all humankind after them. But they sinned by disobeying God and eating of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God commanded them not to eat. And when they did, they disobeyed God, they sinned against God, and they broke the covenant, which meant they had to die for it. Humankind technically had to die for betraying God, because God did nothing wrong. He didn't cause that, it wasn't his fault, he didn't deserve it, it wasn't warranted. Adam and Eve, and we can also say humankind, disobeyed God, sinned against God, and broke the covenant for no reason, just because the devil tempted them and they wanted to taste the fruit. They wanted the knowledge of good and evil. And so they and all humankind had to die for it. But see, our God is so good and loves us so much, he didn't kill Adam and Eve for doing that. Technically, he should have killed them on the spot. They should have dropped dead at that very moment. But because our God is so good and so loving and so kind and so merciful, he didn't do that. Instead, he gave them animal skins to cover their nakedness when they realized they were naked. And in order to do that, what did God have to do? He had to kill an animal and shed its blood then skin the animal and put the skins on Adam and Eve or give them those skins to put on their bodies. So instead of killing them for doing that, God covered their nakedness. And that animal God had to sacrifice represents Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who suffered, shed his blood, died and rose from the dead for the sins of the world. And this is how good our God is. There's someone here. Now this is the type of covenant God made with Abram. And there it says, 
that behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. So we see the presence of God manifests between the pieces of that animal. Abram saw God walking between the pieces of that animal. So God himself participated in this covenant with Abram. Actually, God initiated this covenant with Abram. Why? Because humankind can never initiate a covenant with God. Why? Because human beings can't keep it. It's always God who initiates covenants with us. Because we have to rely on God for the strength to keep it. We need the grace of God to keep it. We don't initiate covenants with God because we can't keep them. We might say, well, God, I promise this and I promise that. I promise to do this or I promise to do that or I promise not to do this or I promise not to do that. But people of God, you and I can't even fulfill those promises. We can't keep our word. We can't even keep a covenant unless God gives us the grace to, unless we have the power of God to do so. So we have to rely on God for it in the first place. Is someone here? So continuing with the definition of the word covenant in the Hebrew, it means a covenant, a league, confederacy, confederate, or an alliance between two people. It's 1285 in the Hebrew in the New Strong's Expanded Exhaustive Concordance of the Bible. And the word used in the Greek is diatheke. Diatheke, it's spelled D-I-A-T-H-E-K-E. And it means a disposition, a contract, a divisory will, a covenant, a testament. And it's 1242 in the Greek and the New Strong's Expanded Exhaustive Concordance of the Bible. So people of God, according to this particular definition, when you think about it, the Bible is called the Old and New Covenant. Amen? Or the Old and New Testament. So what is this? This is the will and testament of God. The Word of God is the will and testament of God. Just like anyone would write a last will and testament before they die, which is then passed to their children or their grandchildren or descendants, God has given us His will in His Word. But people of God, the difference between God and humankind is that he is the only one who died and rose from the dead to ratify that will. Come on, church. Come on, church. No human being has ever died and come back from the dead to make sure their last will and testament is followed or ratified and activated. Jesus is the only one who died and rose again or came back to ratify his will or his word. You with me? 